Good morning. You're listening to Saturday Morning Dads, the podcast for you if you think way too much about children's media. I'm Sean. I'm Curtis. And today we're reviewing the 2017 hit movie, Oh, Which is Ball. 56% audience score on Rotten Tomatoes. Not enough reviews for a critic score. Hit the theme. <laughs> Yep. I think before we jump into the podcast, before we get really into the meat of the episode, we got to do a little housekeeping, let people know the new format. All right. So we're going to start recording uh, every other week. So just a heads up to all the real Saturday morning yep. dads out there, to all the real mamas and papas listening, we're going to be uh, more consistent on delivering you the episodes you deserve. But less frequent. Yeah, quality over quantity. So you're gonna have to make you're gonna have to make them last. You're gonna have to savor these episodes. Yes, you can't we, you can't uh, you can't binge them like Halloween candy. Right, that is right. And uh, also, I don't know if we're gonna stick with this, but I think for now it's kind of cool. If the you only get two episodes a month, and they're related. So this month's theme is magical little girls. Yeah, and we're gonna do two movies. Um, a Witch's Ball, which was directed by the same guy, my personal favorite director. His name's like Jonathan Dyke, John Dyke, his Daniel, name. Daniel Dyke. I want to tell you his name, Justin Dyke. Oh, I was so close. That's Justin G. Dyke. Justin G. Dyke. G. Dyke. G. Ooh, that's a tongue twister. Uh, yeah, so the guy who directed Forest Fairies. And this movie definitely has big Forest Fairy vibes. Yeah, crowd favorite Forest Fairies. I would say that the quality of this movie is um two degrees better than two degrees yeah they really they definitely had uh, more budget yeah more uh more money to spend on uh little people special effects <laughs> they, they, they use the exact same little people effects um so when i uh yeah so this is the bad movie and then we're going to do a good movie that is the original Magical little girl. Well, Matilda. Well, well, we'll let the audience decide which movie is bad and which one's good. Fair enough. They might both be really good. Tweet at us. Um, Get- but it's just a spoiler. This movie's bad. This movie's. It was an. Um, it was right in the camp of so bad it's good. Yeah, I mean it's a it's a Justin G. Dyke classic. Uh, I want to do all. I want to just convert this podcast to a Justin G. Dyke fan cast. Well, let's uh, before uh, you say pony that, sitters. I want to do. Can, can we do pony sitters? Yeah. Can next month be horse kids horse movies? Of course. And we can do this in like spirited away. Sp- spirited away is uh, not oh that's a horse. anime. That's anime. You're talking about spirit. Um, with Owen was it Matt Damon right? Jake Gyllenhaal. Jake Gyllenhaal. Oh no, Matt Damon was in the original yeah. uh, Spirit, the uh, the animated. stallion of the Cimarron. Yeah, it's a good movie. Yeah, uh, but Pony I want to do Pony Sitter Club colon the Big Sleepover. Looks like the greatest movie oh, I've man. ever seen. That looks good. Um, yeah, 
got a pretty good score actually on uh, oh, really? on IMDb user what? user. Uh, What's the user score? Seven point eight out of ten. Seven point eight out of ten. Wow, that's a passing grade. More than a passing grade. Um, that's a pretty darn good grade. Um, yeah, I'm looking forward to Pony Sitters. I want to do that, and then I, he also has directed like six uh, holiday love movies for Lifetime esque situations. Oh, he's got one uh, called Christmas in the Wilds. Ooh, that looks good. He's got another in the Wilds. A romance in the Wilds. Romance in the Wilds. He's he got he's the got, Wilds twice. Yeah, he's got the Wilds. Uh, I wonder if he's gonna make it a trilogy. The, he just did like a find and replace the word Christmas. And replaced it with the 4th of July and made the same movie again. A Christmas Exchange. Oh, a Christmas. Christmas in the Rockies. He made two Christmas movies in 2020. This guy is a busy man. During the pandemic. He's out there busting. Anyway, I love this guy's work ethic. I love his vision. You know, they say don't work with children or animals. And there's a lot of children and animals in this movie I'm going to just go ahead and get out the biggest news about this movie because I know you're all curious. You're all thinking, is this the movie where Joey Fatone from NSYNC plays a rat? And yes, it is. Yeah, Mugs, Mugs the Rat. Joey Fatone. Um, I got to be honest. He's probably the best part of the movie. Yeah. Uh, he's the com- comedic relief sidekick. Comedic relief. He doesn't do a bad job. Can I say what the best, the actual best part of the movie was? Yeah. Um, the hot ant. Oh yeah, she was. Uh, she was pleasant to look at. She looked like a real life version of Anna Kendrick. Anna Kendrick is a real life person. I don't she know doesn't if you look like a real I don't life. Know person. if you know that Anna Kendrick looks like a Doctor <laughs> Who person. It's like if you told Doctor what? Who to draw a hot chick, he'd draw Anna Kendrick. <laughs> I don't know if Doctor Who could draw. Uh, like, I don't yes. know what kind of artist he is. <laughs> <laughs> Doctor Seuss. <laughs> <laughs> Dr. Seuss, not Dr. Who. Uh, that, yeah, definitely different doctors. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> she looks like a Whoville character. I was like, what are you she talking about? She looks like a Whoville character. Uh, you're thinking of that because she was in that Christmas movie where she was a Santa's daughter. That You know what that movie was? A 7.8 out of 10. And it had Billy Eichner in it. Yeah. No, yeah, he was Santa's uh, nephew. Yeah, he was like the tech guy. You know what else has Billy Eichner in it? Bob's Burgers. And he he is a 10 out of 10 in that. I didn't know he was in that. Oh, he's just in like one or two episodes a season. He's the librarian at the school where the kids go. Oh, that's hilarious. He loves drama, always stirring the pot. I'll send you a montage of clips of him. Um. Yeah, so what? Uh, let's talk about the situations in which we watch this movie. Um, did you watch it with your children? No, I did not. Uh, nor did I. Um, I started it way too late last night. Fell asleep twenty five minutes in. I thought I was way farther <laughs> into it when I fell asleep, but twenty five twenty five minutes into it, and you're like ten minutes of it were the opening credits. Where ten minutes were the opening credits? Yeah. Also, the longest maybe opening credits. one of the worst opening credit sequences so ever made. T- it was like the worst opening credits I've ever seen, and by far the longest. It, yeah, they were extended. They were. It was like Peter Jackson 
directed just the runtime. <laughs> Only the run. They they ran that by him. He they was were like, like, I get to ask Peter Jackson one question about how to make movies. I'll ask him how long the opening credit should be. Yeah. And Peter Jackson's like, I don't know. Solid, solid eight and a yeah. half, ten minutes. Yeah. I mean, yeah, your movie Wait, should... Wait, hold on. How does Peter Jackson sound? Your movie should... He sounds like a New Zealander. <laughs> 8. Oh, I don't know. It doesn't sound like sound... a leprechaun. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to do uh, an impression of... Uh, of um, the Rock Man from the Thor movies, oh, uh, Watiti, Watiti. yeah, yeah. yeah. Was it, what his name is? Taika uh, Taika Watiti. Watiti. Yeah. I'm trying to do an impression of him. He's got a high voice. He does. Uh, he's a very funny man. Very funny man. Have you, you seen know? that pirate show he directed? No, I want to watch it. Black it Sails or something like that. Yeah, I, I hear great things. I want to watch it. Yeah, you know he what told. he directed that I didn't like that much, but you loved? What's that? Thor, Love, and Thunder. Uh, Thor, Love, and Thunder, second best Thor movie, and probably like, probably definitely in the top ten Marvel movies. Yeah, I don't I, I, I don't know. Not for me. Not for me. The worst part of it was Christian Bale. Christian Bale was in a different movie than the rest of the people. He was. He did not read the script. He was in a super serious Shakespearean, very dark, dark movie, and the rest and the rest. But that's how his his character was dark, and a lot of dark things happened to him. It was yeah, it was two separate scripts, um, and then basically. and then everyone else was in a slapstick comedy. This is Monty Python esque level comedy. Yeah, it was a it was an interesting movie. But it didn't, the part where didn't work for um, me. the part where. Um, Oh, homeboy Zeus knocks mm-hmm. all the clothes off Thor. That's pretty hilarious. That was funny. That was funny. That's what I'm saying. Even even Russell Crowe. Russell Crowe was, was hilarious. Russell Crowe killed it in that movie. But um, it was it was it was weird. I will say. Anyway, I loved it. It wasn't it wasn't the best Thor movie, but it was still very enjoyable. You know what I loved? What's that? Um, a witch's ball. A witch's ball. Oh, so you loved it? No, I did not. Uh, so I was trying did, to make a segue. Uh, so but I the lied. movie's 110 minutes. How many minutes of it did you watch? Well, Just I watched. I watched 25. <laughs> um, and then at lunch today, um, I took my lunch break, got a sandwich, ate it in my car, and speed watched the rest of it. Did you? Meaning, like- I I watched uh, as much as I could handle, and then I. Once the actual witch's ball started, I started scrubbing. The witch's ball is a pretty long and it's part like, of the movie. It's like an hour long. It's, yeah, it's. I I, uh, I enjoyed it. Um, the witch's ball uh, part. Ironically, I enjoyed it. Ironically, I like. There was this montage when we get to the witch's ball. I guess you didn't take notes, huh? No, I did not. No. All right. Well, let's go off the top of the dome. You ready to get in the recap? Yeah, let's do it. Did you take notes on the first 25 minutes? Nope. In my my head. All right. I'm going to do your role then. Oh, did you take notes? No, but I paid more closer attention to you than you did. Yeah, you go for it. I watched the whole movie uh, on the TV. I didn't watch it on my phone this time. Oh. So I... where does the movie start? Oh yes, with the longest opening credit sequence ever. There's the movie. The movie. The movie really starts when um, the screenwriters watched Harry Potter. (laughs) Yes, yes. So 
Uh, they're clearly just inside a large house. Maybe a, like an old elementary school. Like yeah, it's like one of the one of the stairwells, like an elementary like an school old... from 1910. Yeah, yeah, uh, in the Northeast. But parts of it were probably filmed in a house. Oh, definitely, all the house scenes for sure were. <laughs> well, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but they're um, they're they're showing shots of children. They're just like panning past shots of children in a classroom. That's only big enough for about eight students to be tightly packed in with their teacher. And also there are only eight students in there and there's like no extra room because it's just a bedroom in an old house. And there's a lot of stuff on the shelves, a lot of uh, frogs and jars and old books and knickknacks. And they're just panning past all these things and doing super close ups as they slowly move the camera across a skull of a dog or some junk. I don't know. And that legit takes 10 minutes. Yeah. And then a kid gets up, and I guess all the kids are taking turns going to the front of the class and doing some cool magic thing. It's their final. It's their final. Right? So what's that first kid do? Uh, she bring, she brings a flower back to life. Right? Well, no, that's like the main girl. That's the titular witch. Was there someone before yeah, there's some lame kid does some lame trick first. And then she brings a flower back to life, which I got to say, this was a big time commitment. Because what they did was they time lapsed an actual flower rotting. And then they played that footage in reverse. Yeah. And it did not look good. And it was clearly, <laughs> and I was like, oh man, you spent like, flowers take forever to rot nowadays, man. Like you took probably 21, 28 days of running a camera, nah. They probably got a flower off of a plant, like a like a real f- fresh flower, and then put it under a heat lamp or something. I, well, it didn't w- look good. It did yeah, not what, look whatever magical. they did didn't work. It clearly looked like time lapse footage. Yeah. Have you ever seen those time lapses of bugs <clears throat> cleaning off bones? No, uh, it's unpleasant. Um, that's how they clean bones. They just let. Grubs eat. Oh all, yeah, yeah. And then I went to a bone museum recently in Oklahoma. Yeah, the they largest usually, bone they usually museum. bury them. They'll they'll bury like a head, like a like a head of yeah. an animal that they want the the skull out of. Well, they I saw it on display. They had it. They had a couple skulls with rotting flesh on it, and they had a bunch of little bugs crawling over it. Oh, and gross. they're like, "This is how we clean it." I'm like, "That's not really you cleaning it. That's just." You put some bugs in a glass cage, like in yeah. a fish tank with a rotting raccoon skull. That's very and gross. So that was that was not in this movie. This was the world's largest bone museum. Not that big. It's just a, like a prefab building next to an airport in Oklahoma. Anyway, um, I enjoyed it. <laughs> I had fun. I went with my grandpa and grandma. It was a great time. The kids loved it. They're, they're fascinated. Saw a, uh, a bone that I will tell you about. Off the podcast. Okay. All right. Interesting bones there, if you know what I'm saying. Uh, Anyway, so yeah, they're showing all these uh, terrible shots. The girl goes up and makes the flower bring back to life. And then some boy has a lemur, and he gives it some leaves that make it talk. And this is vitally important to the movie. This is foreshadowing. The fact that there are magical leaves you can give animals that will allow them... To work like telephones, basically, 
is set up in this scene and used throughout the rest of the movie. But this boy's magic trick is that it he lets he gives it to the animal and they can now speak for themselves. Yes. And this is a big magic trick. In the rest of the movie, there are many instances where there are animals that can already speak for themselves. Yeah. Yeah. Um the aforementioned in sync rat guy, uh, Joey Fatone. Rat kid. Um Muggsy Bugsy Malone. Bugsy Malone. Uh, there's a random snake uh, later on. Anyway, um, there's also a mermaid, and she cannot talk. And I was like, just give I the mermaid some w- of this root. Can't wait to talk about the mermaid. The, okay. <laughs> the paper mache mer- mermaid. <laughs> the worst costuming of all time. <laughs> it was, it was the, the, their stage makeup was clearly bought at Spirit Halloween. I can't, I mean, that was, <laughs> it was It was very funny. Yes. Um uh, we're we're okay. So anyway, we're, we're the, still the, at the, the very beginning. <laughs> I gotta pick up the pace here. All right. So the little girl walks out of class. The teacher stops her and she's like, "Hey, you're going to be the valedictorian at the end of this school year here in a few weeks. There's going to be a big ball. Also, it's on Halloween. Also, why does the school year end on Halloween? I don't know. And it's a witch's school. That's why witch's school. And so they're gonna have this big ball. All the witches in the world are going to come." And that's about 30 people. And um, they're you, going to, you're going to give a speech and impress everyone. And you need this crystal ball. All the witches are going to get crystal balls at the ceremony. Yeah. But you get yours a couple days early, one weekend early. For it's, it's Friday. The ball's on Sunday. You get to go home and write a speech. Isn't this awesome? Take this magic crystal ball. It's very important. And everybody is going to just think it's so cool that you have it. And your mom's going to want to put it by a fancy holder to put it on the mantle. And you get to give a speech and don't let anything happen to this ball. And then the Malfoy of the movie, this mean girl, who was a competent child actress. Really? I thought she was the worst actress in the whole movie. Well, I didn't say she was good. <laughs> I was going to finish the sentence by saying came with her best friend who was oh, yeah. an incompetent child actress. Yeah, well, yeah. Um, yes, none of the none of the children acting in this movie were good. And also the main girl had a speech impediment. Yeah, pretty which I uh, was brave. It was brave. Um it was distracting a little bit, but um Yeah. I had a speech impediment. But it was uh, yeah, I mean You grow out of it, you go to speech therapy. Yeah. I thought she was actually Decent actress, not not too terrible compared to Matilda. No, I mean not compared to Matilda. No, I'm comparing her to Matilda. <laughs> um, anyway, so she gets uh, she gets this ball, and the mean girl knocks it out of her hand with a spell, but um, and it breaks. It breaks into four pieces. It was later stated by the aunt that there are three pieces, but there are not. She that was an editing error in the movie that didn't catch that. Um, yeah, so it breaks and she can't tell her parents. Her mom is also converting from mortal to being a witch, which implies that witches are immortal, I guess. Well, they kept saying, like, you were born a human and now you're a witch. So I don't know if witches are inhuman, like if they're not humans. Yes, I've played too many video games and other form of games where things have a defined, like, like they're defined... Races or classes or 
or, yeah. or types and like human versus witch. Witches were not human. I don't know. The mean girl was mad at um, this girl because she is half witch. Yeah. She was born half witch. And so it's kind of got that muggle blood thing that Hermione had going on. Yeah. Half blood. And she thinks that uh, she blood. should be. She should be the valid Victorian because not only is she full blooded witch, she also has she's also a royal. And they do no further world building on how the no. hierarchy of witches happen in this world and what the royals mean. And- if they had listened to the rest of Peter Jackson's uh advice, he would have said split this movie into four movies <laughs> yes. and build the world. <laughs> Yes, and and you need to clearly define your hierarchy and your monarchs. Um, I mean, I guess this girl's mom is the queen or something. She was very dumb. Uh, no, she was the president of some club. Oh, she was president of the like broom, the, the broomstick club. No, the, or something. the cauldron, cauldron, cauldron club, cauldron club. Yeah, which uh, might have been a comedy club. I don't know. All right, this movie's an hour and ten. I'm only five minutes into it. Let's. All right, so I pick up the pace. All right, so she goes home. She can't tell her parents. Her dad is uh, works for like the CIA of magic. He, I don't know. He seems like a real dumb dumb though. He had an IQ that was definitely below average for a witch. Um, I thought he was like a. I thought both of them were humans, um, but he's not. No. And also, this actor looked very young. I don't like. Her dad's being played by a twenty-eight-year-old. Yeah, um, <clears throat> but he's playing like some kind of VR game. Yes, he's playing a VR game, and, um, and the the and uh, their, like, their wand props were the dumbest things I've ever seen. The I wo- mean, they looked like just like something you would buy at a convenience store or something. They came from Spirit Halloween. They, I'm sure of it. They might have. They might have. They were like colored hard plastic. Yeah. And uh, yeah, yeah. They felt cheap just looking at them. I knew what they would feel like in my hand, and it's like hard, brittle. It's something that my daughters would immediately break. Yes. Something you would have to pick up off the floor. Something you find when you clean under the couches. Yeah, or something you throw away the day after Halloween. (laughs) It's like when my kids get toys from like uh, Happy Meals. Mm -hmm. Uh, As soon as I see them unattended, I just throw them away. Yeah. It's like, I don't want that in my house. You have to. I don't Otherwise, need, your house would be like a hoarder's, you know. Yes, I'd be up to my knees in Happy Meal toys. All right, uh, uh, let's continue down the witch's path. All right, so the, we find out the the mom is converting to become a witch at the witch's ball. So this witch's ball is very important. She's all but like, her mom is all also throwing the witch's ball. Yes, her mom is basically the PTA president, but also a student. Yes, and <laughs> she is super into witches. Uh, she is like desperately, nerd. unappealingly into magic and witches. And she married, she married a mage and like wants to adopt his culture. Yeah, and like I've seen this before. I knew a woman. Uh, a, I guess I should say, uh, I knew a young woman who started dating an Italian. Now, was he from Italy? No, he he just he was like Rocky Balboa Italian. Yes, who wasn't even really that. His dad was that. Anyway, this girl then made Italy her whole persona. And she's like, got into cooking Italian foods and like watching The Sopranos and 
like just really started loving Italy and I don't know. I stopped hanging out with them. <laughs> Not because of the Italy stuff, but that would have made me stop hanging out with them. Yeah. So anyway, it was just kind of like that. She was making being a witch her whole personality and just was way into it. And she's all like, Oh, my beautiful daughter, you're going to become a uh, witch on the same day as your mom. Isn't this so special? Oh, look, you're the valid Victorian. We're so happy for you. Oh, yay. And then the little girl's like, oh, man, this is great. And then she goes up to her room and um, she talks to a rat. And she's like, oh, no, I broke this ball. I got to put it back together again. Or how how can I ever do this? Yeah. Well, her dad tells her that someone in his class or no, her aunt's class broke the witch's ball before the witch's ball um or she broke her crystal ball before the witch's ball and they had to cancel it. They, they didn't cancel the ball. I don't think they ever said why. Cause the ball broke. Yeah. But what, like I did it. That, that the was importance, a huge logical step. The importance of the crystal ball. I, just to get inspiration to write a speech. You can just write a speech. Anyway, the crystal ball is not a special commodity. Every student and apparently also parents that are converting are going to get one for free anyway. It's a participation trophy. Yeah, you just their, got on Friday instead of Sunday. It's their diploma. It's like if somebody gave you your diploma so you could look at it while you write your speech. Yes, exactly. And like they can just print off another crystal ball. Seems like they have plenty of them. Yeah, like, but it is not mentioned. Oh, I guess it is mentioned a few points. Um, but like. They treat the crystal ball like it's a sacred thing for the rest of the movie, and then there's and and I kind of and I'm kind of thinking to myself throughout the rest of the movie, okay, they're just going to gloss over the fact that they stated everybody's going to get one, and they're going to just continue to treat it like this. And then the mom shows up with a fancy stand, much later in the movie, and she's like, okay, look, I got these fancy stands so you and I can put our crystal balls on the mantle next to your dad's. And I'm like, okay, you're bringing back up the fact that everybody just gets a crystal ball. It's really not important. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, they never, so like, they never, talks to the end. But uh, I, I know that I uh, scrubbed through a lot of the movie, but um, do they ever use the crystal balls for anything? No. They're just trophies. They're just, they're, apparently. They're your diploma for they, graduating witch's school. It's like if there was some thing at the witch's ball ceremony where this crystal can crystal ball was a component that like made the party happen. Like, or like your familiar comes out of the crystal ball. Yeah. You have to like, I don't throw know. it at someone to curse them. They don't have to do anything with it. It's just a diploma. But anyway, it's dumb. Anyway, they go to, they go to my favorite part, the part where the ant has a cafe. <laughs> yeah, the ant. Apparently, you go to witch's school for however many years, uh, so you can be a barista. <laughs> this is my favorite, <laughs> exact favorite thing about this movie. The dad, who's a wizard, has a cool job. He fights monsters, but his sister just is a barista. She sells coffee. Nothing wrong with that. No. Maybe that's that was what she wanted to do with her, I've which been, is the problem. I've, I've worked at a cafe before. You ever worked at a cafe? Never have. It's you know, it's not a bad job. I've been to a lot of cafes. So I worked at a cafe you've been to. I appreciate uh, baristas and baristos. Oh so, well, yeah. I yeah. didn't know you had to like masculinize it. You don't have to. 
okay. you don't I, I, that probably that term probably doesn't exist. My friend who got really into Italian Italy would probably know. Yeah, um, yeah, definitely. Did you watch that Silencio Bruno movie? Yeah, that's my Luca. kid's favorite quote from any movie ever. Luca. If I'm ever talking too much, and my son will just go Silencio Bruno and like oh. sh- shove his finger up to my lips. Um. Anyway. Uh. So yeah, the the aunt who is um my new favorite actress. Yeah. Uh, we're definitely gonna be watching more of her movies soon. If she made any more. Yeah. yeah probably. Prob- she was probably the. You know, love interest or the goofy sidekick. She could go either well, she way. She's probably in some of those Christmas movies. In those Christmas movies. Yeah, yeah. Those Christmas, I bet she's in some of those Christmas movies. Um, Do you but, remember what her name was? I'm going to look her up on IMDb right now. No, not at all. Um, Aunt. Uh, she had a cool name, like Murdoch. Um, that was her character name. I don't remember. Ophelia? Ophelia. She has a headshot, so... That's good. A lot of the people in this movie do not have a headshot on IMDb. All right, so where are we going with this? The ant's like, okay, yes, here's a map. It's a magical map that will only show you one thing at a time to go to and a jar of fireflies that will help you. And you have to go to three different witches. You have to go to the witch of... Kindness? Yeah, the kindness, true love, and generosity. Sure. Wisdom. I don't know. Wisdom. Wisdom. It was wisdom. It was that was the miniature one. It does not matter though to the plot. (laughs) It does not. (laughs) This whole part of the movie is superfluous. She it this movie would be just fine if she never gets this map and never does any of these things. Or if it was just one thing instead of three. Uh, and, and the, the ant gives the rat some cheese. She's got a talking pumpkin that's, um, a little bit, uh, grumpy. And this is, when I see the talking pumpkin, it's like a jack, jack-o'-lantern. I'm thinking, oh, is this set at Halloween? It doesn't seem like the fall. It doesn't no, seem like Halloween at all. But it is set at Halloween. They had not yet established any Halloween thing at all. Until I see this pumpkin. And then later in the movie, when they are going to the witch's ball, they're like, it's Halloween. And I was like, oh, it's your... I thought that I thought the jack-o'-lantern was like her pet or something. Yeah, so did I. Like a witch having a jack-o'-lantern pet? I've got good news for you, though. Yeah. Um, this actress, who's named uh, Madeline Leon, is in a movie called Pony Sitter's Club. Colon, the big sleepover. She's in Pony Sitter's Club, Colin, the big sleepover? Yep. She's also in A Christmas Recipe for Romance. Um, she's also in A Christmas Village. Um, she's also in 48 Christmas Wishes. Are these all Dyke movies? <laughs> um, no. Some of them are. Some of them are not. When it, Just for clarification, when you say Dyke movies, you mean by the director... Justin G. Dyke. Yes. Um, she's in a movie called Christmas in Washington. She's in a movie called Christmas in Wolf Creek. Also <laughs> in a movie called Love in Wolf Creek. She's in so many Christmas movies. I wonder if Christmas in Wolf Creek and Love in Wolf Creek use a lot of the same footage. I don't know, but I watched a movie called Wolf Creek 
that was a like a slasher movie. Uh, I wonder if this the, these complete that trilogy, <laughs> the Wolf Creek trilogy. <laughs> Uh, anyway, she's great. Um, the, the, what did you think about the, the talking pumpkin? Um, those gra- those, uh, those CGI effects. It was indeed absolutely stock footage. It, not, not from stock footage, but it was like, it's like a stock asset from like 3D modeling software. Yeah. Like it was so not, it did not, did not match. It looked a little too cartoony, you know? Oh, yeah. It didn't, they did, made no attempt to make it look like a realistic pumpkin. And also, talking. it's my it looked like It looked like V1 VeggieTales sitting on her. Uh, also, did she, is her coffee shop, does it only cater to witches? No. Like, are people like not freaked out by a talking, maybe that's why it looks so cartoony. People thought it was like from uh, from like CVS. Animatronics. Yeah, thought it was CVS. <laughs> right next to Big Mouth Bass. Yeah. Uh, is she okay? So she read. I love, I thought this detail was clever. This is one good thing about the movie. It was pretty cool that she owned a cafe and her like witch specialty was reading minds. So she just handed people what they wanted to drink and said their names, and they're like, "Whoa, how would you get my order? Oh, oh, wow, you really know me so well. That's so cool." Like that was pretty cool. That was yeah. She also didn't make him pay. I, I didn't see anybody. Paying. I did not see any uh, transactions occur. Um, she probably was reading their mind for their bank account information. That's just, her. That's her real game. That's her real game. Yeah. That's why she opened this coffee shop. Yes, exactly. <laughs> um, Steal all those muggle muggle bank accounts. <laughs> Uh, muggle's such a better word than mortal. Humans. <laughs> um, so one thing that we had that we skipped that was established earlier in the movie was that uh, the main girl in the movie, whatever her name is, um, B B Beatrice Beatrice or Beatrix. I don't know. Beatrix. It was Beatrix, like Beatrix Lestrange or Beatrix from Kiddo. Harry Potter. Um, oh yeah, Bellatrix. Bellatrix. Beatrix. Bellatrix, whatever. Um, so she gets. Uh, so she, her godfather is coming to see her be the valedictorian, and he's coming. And uh, they talk to him through a dog's mouth by giving the dog a little bit of weed. Yep. And then uh, he stuck. He doesn't have any way of getting there. He can't travel by broom for some reason. I don't know. He, which is really strange because uh, like witches could also like get on a plane probably if they had to. Well, we just watched that Dungeons and Dragons movie where an apprentice was able to summon teleportation circles and jump through them, go all over the, the place. Oh yeah. I mean, yeah, this, these witches are not powerful. Well, let's say that. No, they made a plant come back to life. Um, but yeah, he's got, he's supposed to like travel by trunk. Yes. Which I can see like, that's kind of like one of those chimney flu things in yeah, Harry it's Potter. Ex- it's not kind of like it. It's exactly like it. It's it's trying to be cute. It's trying to be cute. But you know, he delayed like four days or something like that. So there's this little scene where this old goofy guy, who's clearly a stage actor, because he keeps playing to stage. <laughs> yeah, he does. <laughs> like he's straight up looking at a non-existent audience while talking to another <laughs> man. Um, and he uh, he's old kooky guy, and um, he wants, to, and he keeps like telling bad jokes and trying to tell stories and be comedic relief to an annoyed. 
bus boy now the or uh bellhop i guess you should say or whatever like yeah bellhop trunk, trunk attendant and he's like moving these trunks around uh what is clearly just a like a stage with pipe and drape uh if you're are you familiar with pipe and drape that term yeah yeah it's just some pipe and drape room it's not an actual it's not an room. actual sound stage or i mean they might be on a sound stage but it's not a not any kind of set yes it's not <laughs> a real set it's clearly haphazardly put together and the bellhop guy is so annoyed at this young man or this old man that it is very distracting it's very hard to watch these scenes I uh, without grimacing and cringing at how overacting this bellhop guy is. Yeah. Full disclosure, after the first half of the first scene mm-hmm. with those two in it, I fast forwarded through the rest of those scenes. Like the oh, it's it, yeah, because they were uh, it's really cringy. It's hard to watch. It's hard to watch. A because the old man's stories really are boring. They were, and um, he tells them. He tells them, and you are bored. Yes. <laughs> Um, and then, yeah, the bellhop is so annoyed and like angry that you're like, uh, why don't like, I think when you're watching a scene like that, you want one of the characters you identify with. You want to identify with the straight man. Yeah. Right. And you can't identify with this kooky old guy who's being super annoying and has no social boundaries, nor can you identify with this super cranky, really annoying, um, unnecessarily mean bellhop guy yeah. you also want to hear like f- 10 seconds of the old man's story you gotta cut it, shut it and down, then shut it and down. then it trails off and you go to another scene you don't yeah. want to listen to the entire story and then he tells another one as, as he pretty pretty quickly turns to the audience like a like a stage actor like you're at the pocket sandwich yes. theater <laughs> and he's telling an aside yeah so it is um so yes yeah, so that's established Anyway, she gets okay back back into the thing, right? She's got to find these three wizards. She's like, oh, she's got to find. Did you talk about the part where the pumpkins spit a map out of his mouth? Oh, I skipped that. Yeah, but she did in my telling of the story. She does already have the map. It came from the pumpkin's mouth. Um, The the ant knows about the crystal ball. The ant tells her. To get these three pieces put back together, you have to go to these three witches. And I'm like, that math doesn't add up. It's four pieces. You got three witches to put four pieces back together. It makes you don't no have three pieces. It makes no sense. You shouldn't have left that in. She misspoke. Anyway, we can forgive that. How would the pumpkin know about it? Why wouldn't the pumpkin just tell him how to go there? Like, they, she gives her some fireflies in a jar. And these are, and she will. Know what to do with them later. So fireflies are attracted to magic, or was no? That was cicadas. That was cicadas. I didn't like that either. Um, that was dumb. Th- that's a whole another thing. Um, so uh, step one, she goes out into the woods and she has to open something like the open the instructions in the woods, and then it shows her on the map, and she's just at like a well maintained park. It's not the woods. It's just. A park. Yes. Uh, and, we'll come back to the park uh, when we talk about the mermaid. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I can't wait to the mermaid. So she opens up the note. She opens up the jar. They go find uh, the 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 Look. witch of wisdom. Yeah. Who is using the same technology from fairies 
to just make the short little people, yeah. and he's like a little gnome man. He's like a little leprechaun or something. He's a little, yeah, he, I think he says he's a gnome. <clears throat> he's a gnome? Yeah. Okay. Um, he's wearing a slightly modified outfit from Spirit Halloween of Oktoberfest Lederhosen. Yeah. Like, slightly modified. They, they, they're dressed up a little bit. Um, and he's says some riddles that don't make any sense. He doesn't spout any wisdom, that's for sure. His wisdom is basically like, if you were wise enough to seek me, you must already be wise. Ta-da! <laughs> so, yeah, something like that. And then he's like, whichever he, choice you make is the right choice. He literally says, like, if if I claim to be a wise man, that surely means that I don't know. <laughs> oh my god! He, he like he they they changed the words around a little bit, but I was like, hey, that's just a quote from that song. Yeah. Like, There's also a total Cindy Lauper song rip off <laughs> in a bit too. Yeah, that's a very long song. They play the whole five minutes thirty seconds. Yeah, of somebody song. wrote that song and they played the For whole that song. Scene, the lyrics are relevant to only this scene and making no sense movie. in the rest of the world. They spent so much of their budget on that. Yeah, like uh, witches just want to have fun or something like that. Uh, yeah, and like, <laughs> this dress, picking it out will be so fun. We'll get there. We'll get there. Uh, okay, so... Uh, sh- sh- we'll one- get there soon, because that's like the next scene. Oh, yeah. Okay, so yeah, that's the next scene. Her grandma comes into town. Her dad's mom, who is a witch, who is a... Oh, what would you describe her type? Kind of, she's kind of like the mom from Arrested Development, but like not drunk and nice. Yeah, she's kind she's of like... Type. She seems rich. Rich, proper, had a formal education, went yeah, to finishing school. Very concerned with her daughter or her granddaughter looking the part. Yes, very. But ultimately, she is a nice person. She's not mean. Yeah, she's not mean. But um, kind. Oh, did you ever watch Bewitched? I watched the old one. Yeah, the old one. Yeah, yeah. She's kind of like the mom from Bewitched, but not mean. Yeah. Uh, Bewitched was a good show. A great show. Nick at Night. Shout out to Nick at Night. Yep. That's uh. It's not where it originally aired. Well, it's where it aired in nineteen ninety six when I was watching it. Um, shout out to what CBS? Well, probably one. You got one out of three. Shout out to NBC. <laughs> <laughs> one one of three choices. Yeah, and then also let's go ahead and shout out I Dream a Genie. Huh? Oh yeah, that one. Yeah, that was a formative show for, for me. Yeah, a lot of a lot of people learned a lot of things in that show. Um, and so uh, yeah, they go to this dress part ball. Also, not a real stage. No, and also put together with the might have actually been the wardrobe room at wherever they, whatever studio they were in. It was a tiny little room. Yeah, it was tiny, and um, it was not fancy. It was white walls. This is supposed to be the fancy dress shop where all the witches, presumably in the whole world, shop at. And also, it was weird to get there. They went to their closet, said, said the, the address. address. Threw some powder that turned into smoke and teleported to a dress shop. Apparently, all the witches in the whole world shop at this dress shop, and it looks like a thrift store. And it's right before, but it's also right before the witches' ball. They're the only ones in there. Only ones in there for now. More witches come. Yeah, but uh, it is not. It is not a busy place. 
So the mom and grandma are so happy to shop for dresses. They immediately both find pretty dresses. Uh, then we got to have a dress montage of Beatrix yeah. trying on a whole bunch of hideous modified prom gowns. She comes out. The mom and the grandma either like uh, nod their heads or shake their heads. They make funny little faces. It is um, a very overdone uh, trope, I they, would say. Somebody takes the... the um, the 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 synth riff from Girls Just Want to Have Fun, and like turns the octave on it up until where it hurts your ears. Yeah, and then somebody who somebody's like niece came in and started saying like, "Witches ball, trying our clothes for the witches yeah. ball." Someone trying to sound like Cindy Lauper. You can tell the director was like, "We gotta have girls just want to have fun in this scene." And then the producer was like, oh, we don't have any money. Sorry. Licensing girls just want to have fun costs $3 million. It would have doubled the budget of this movie. Yeah. And they're like, <laughs> well, just writing our own version is cheaper. But they still, they they put a, like, hiring, that still takes hiring people. That yeah. was still an expensive thing for them to do. And it turned out poorly. It was a bad use yeah. of money. And they, they got as close as they could to girls just want to have fun. Without getting sued. And I think um, director Dyke really shot himself in the foot by making the lyrics so specific to picking out dresses for the witch's ball. <laughs> yeah. if, if you made it picking out dresses, I'm sure he could have used it in a lot of his other movies. Yeah. Any any uh, Christmas movie where a, a woman is getting dressed for... A Christmas ball. And that probably happens in like 20, 25% of his movies, which is still like six or seven Christmas movies. Yeah. Could have used it in forest fairies. Probably. Probably, yeah. Those fairies probably had a party. They did have a party. That was a Forest fairies, was that the one? wedding. Was that the one where, uh, like, the grandma, like, dies out of the blue? <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> The grandma basically wills herself to die. <laughs> she died on purpose. <laughs> yes. And then uh, she died out of spite. And then the girl finds her. Like she's so grim. <laughs> so grim for that movie. She's like basically, I'm going to die, so my children have to live in this house and can't move back to the city. <laughs> 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 um, <laughs> the, the villain in that movie was just remember he was like the bro uh guy who wore like a polo and Khaki jeans. What is he pants. the dad in this movie? Um, I don't know. I'll do some research. I, you do uh, some research. I'm gonna get back to recapping. Um, so yeah, the witch's ball dress scene finally is over, and she hasn't really picked out a dress yet. Uh, but then the mean girl and her silent friend show up, and they're just so nice to the mom. They're like, every year I pick up some dresses and give them to the less needy. And the mom's just like, oh, aren't you such a good little girl? And then the girl's like, oh, yes, I'm a royal. My mom's head of the cauldron club. And now the mom's all like, oh, I got to be cool with this girl. And then she's like, all right, I'm going to get these dresses and get out of here. And she takes every dress in the whole dress place, except for the ugliest dress that happens to be Beatrix's size. So Yes, and it's orange and ruffled. And then the mom's like, oh, that little girl was mean. I'll forget that before the next scene with her, though. And uh, uh, he's not the guy from Forest Fairies. I, I thought he w- he looks like the like the stable boy guy 
from forest fairies, like the house handyman guy. Remember? That oh, was yeah, like the good guy. Too confused. Yeah, they look exactly the same. Yeah. Um, and they both look like this guy. So she, uh, yeah, Beatrix is just like, oh, cool. I'll go with this dress. Whatever. I got to go find the next. Um, kind, the kindness witch. Kindness witch. Anyway, uh, so she gets her little trusty rat. Um, she goes back and talks to the ant for just a brief second. And the pumpkin is like, hey, there is another way in case you can't get this done. Uh you can repair it using the tears of the person who broke it. Dun, dun, dun. The Malfoy. Yeah, the Malfoy girl. Um, Jasmine. Ja- yeah, Jasmine. Was it? I don't know. Yeah, Malfoy. Jasmine Malfoy. Jasmine Malfoy. Um, so, yeah, so then she's like, okay, I'm going to go get this kindness, which she goes to the woods. A.K.A. a uh, public park on a, a busy park. day. Yes. Uh, or or could have been a golf course water hazard. I don't know. Yes. <laughs> uh, she's like, oh, the map says I need to keep going, but there's a lake here. It's not a lake. It's a tiny little pond. It is. Uh, yeah. It's like not even a big public park. It's like a small neighborhood park with a little bitty pond. Little bitty pond. Like a pond I could comfortably swim across. Having being incredibly out of shape and unpracticed in swimming, um, but she finds the pond. But pond with, I wouldn't need to swim. I could cicada. probably just wade across. Yeah, uh, that, that, yeah. There's no way. Uh, so anyway, she, uh, yeah, she finds the cicada, and she's like, "Oh, cicadas are attracted to magic." And Muggsy's like, "Oh, I thought they were attracted to something else." Blah blah. And she's like, "No, that's just what we tell humans." But if you eat a cicada, it's supposed to let you see where magic is. Which sounds gross. But Sounds she, gross. She, she doesn't eat it. She's not mean to cicadas. She uses a leash spell to put it on a leash, and then it guides her to where the magic is. And then there's a mermaid that is completely unnecessarily body painted. <laughs> totally body Head painted. To toe. Um, She's with wearing like a, a paper, uh, foam. It looks like a cheap. Like the foam that those big number one fingers are made out of, yes. like a full thing of that on her legs with a tail. Yes. She never goes in the water. She does. No, she doesn't. The actress doesn't. No, no, no. They they, they show a little bit of CGI tail splash in some water, but the actress never goes in the water. She's yeah. just laying on the bank eight feet from the water. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know how she got up there. She got up there without them, without them noticing. It would have been pretty difficult. She would have had to like army crawl with just her arms. Yeah, very dragging her tail across this freshly mowed park grass, aka the the eighth green. (laughs) Yes. Um, um, I wonder if the mermaid has to pay dues. Uh, It was maybe the worst. Makeup slash costume job I've ever seen in a movie. So why did they choose to body paint her? Mermaids are not traditionally the color of like gold. Yeah, she was painted like gold and green and blue, and even some earthy browns in there. It did not look good. Plus, it was in broad like sunlight. They painted her like a bass. 
Look, there's a bass on the wall right there. She was painted like a bass. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. And Except more shimmery. The shimmery, yeah, a bass with sequins. Um, she was a she was a Lisa Frank bass. And then she just had like gauze wrapped around her, like color, like that colored uh, sheer. It, I don't know what you call it, but um, it was it was real bad looking. Bad job by whoever did that. Yeah, I can't believe my boy Dyke would let that roll. Um, not his best work. So, yeah, the kindness witch can't speak. <laughs> no, not any language. So we got a rat <laughs> in this scene. The rat can speak. Uh, it has been established in this world that there's just a little bit of grass you can give an animal and it can talk. Why they don't just give this grass? And it's people carry it around like a cell phone because you just give it to any animal and you can call an animal in their house. Also, um, in the world in which these witches live, there are cell phones. Yeah. They could just use cell phones. I don't know. This mermaid can't talk. And it is... um, It's just so weird that that's like a barrier. But then she like points in a book like, oh, you were nice to the cicada. You used a leash spell. You didn't eat it. So... Here I'll, I fixed your crystal ball. Yeah, that's the that's the measure of kindness. Yeah, the end. Um, also, after did, did four it, after f- like three seconds of not being able to communicate with this mermaid, uh, the little girl is like, "Oh well, it's useless. Let's go." Yeah, <laughs> like you didn't try like signing to Just her or use like, the grass, use the little handful of parsley, or show her, like she was like trying to. Yell at her that she needed her to fix she, her ball. She was doing that thing boomers do to Mexicans. Yes. But she didn't like, she could have just pulled out the broken ball and showed her that yeah. this ball is broken. I need it fixed. And, and apparently, you know what to do because I guess some kid has to come in here every couple of years and ask you. Yeah. The pumpkin vomited up this map. So. <laughs> So okay, so then there's another cut scene with the old man in the trunk, and that just, I just another like two or three long boring stories, and I mean it's the same. It was the same scene. I actually well, thought that I had like accidentally gone back to the same scene from the first time. <laughs> well, it is it is established in this scene that he's not going to make it in time. Yeah, that he's there and. Um, I think later he goes to like trunk mail jail. Uh, I don't yeah, think it's this scene for He's, telling a story. They, yeah, the guy puts him in a like a back room or something. Yeah, uh, well, it, it's it is a deten- detaining center. It is a jail. He is incarcerated at that point. Um, but he at this point is just revealed that he won't be home or, or in time for the party. Um, so but I don't. It, why can't he use the same magic that? The used in the closet to get to the dress shop. Could do that. Could go to building man. The world building so inconsistent. Could go to Hertz, rent a car. (laughs) He could just drive. Could drive. Could take a bus. Could take a plane. Yeah, there are all kinds of transportation in our world all the time. Like there's more than one way to get from one place to to another. Magical means. Uh, so then the little little girl gets home and she's like, "Oh no." My 
Godfather won't be here. He's the only kindness witch I know. He's a true love witch. True love witch. So, uh, I can't, and this also establishes, in my mind at least, maybe it was established previously, that the witches on this map were not the only witches in the world that could fix this ball. It just, witches have specialties and it, and like true love witches are rare, but, any true love witch can repair this ball, and it could have been any kindness wish. Yeah, this were, these were just the ones that that pumpkin knew about. Just the yes, that had that knew exactly how to repair magic balls. The pumpkin knows a lot more than just a normal witch. Yes. So at this point, the little girl's like, "Oh no! Now I'm going to have to use the dark magic to repair it with tears of my enemy." Yeah. You have to make the girl cry. Yeah, make her cry, use her tears, or like I'm never because my granddad's not coming back, or my godfather, or whatever. Doesn't matter. And then the dad's like the dad who's like some kind of cop or something is like <laughs> talking to the boss through a rabbit, and is like, "I'm gonna go down to the station and see what I can't do to help your godfather get out of trunk travel jail." And he just like comes back with a fistful of that why magic did he get, weed. Why did he get thrown in jail? Because he was annoying <laughs> for no other. Oh, he accidentally he he cast a spell on accident that made the whole room like earthquake and mix up all the trunks. Except for all the trunks stayed perfectly exactly where they were. <laughs> they just said that, uh, and they shook the camera, and the actors went like, "Oh, Star Trek, <laughs> yes." <laughs> <clears throat> um. So that happened. That's why they put him in jail. And he, he. So the solution was, I'm going to use this uh weed so your dog can talk to your grand god uncle or whatever for the whole party. And then the little girl's like, I don't know what to do. I guess I'm not going to go to the party. And the mom. And then they go to. Then they're like, Sure, the party getting started. And this is my favorite scene in the whole movie, which is a bunch of witches showing up to the outside of a tiny little schoolhouse from 1890, yep. where they have like two hot rod cars. Yeah, broad daylight. It's in broad, broad daylight. daylight. It's like four o'clock in the afternoon. Yes, and a bunch and like they have like witches' brooms. They show like a valet boy putting the brooms, and they're just they're just like brooms from Walmart <laughs> with some sequins hot glued to them <laughs> and spray painted gold. Like it's so terrible. Um, and they keep showing like they've they want to make it look like four hundred people are going through a valet line and walking up like it's the red carpet. But they got 10 people. <laughs> so they keep showing the same people over and over. <laughs> and for some reason, there's children in oversized tuxedos and like one very short dude. He's not a midget. He's just a very short guy. But they're like trying to make him be magical because he's so short. And they're like opening car doors and they got these same two hot rods. <laughs> like, like a 1932 bucket. Like you think that ZZ top car. They got yeah. one of those. And then they got like a Volkswagen bug, like that <laughs> oh souped gosh. up. They keep like showing these kids opening the door and like from different angles and like the same 10 extras <laughs> getting out. And they're dressed in just like rented tuxedos with some spider webs from, uh, um, from Spirit Halloween, like tuck, like around the hat. 
and oh. uh, it is so bad. And the they got like the red car- carpet um, a reporter out there, like it's yeah. the entertainment or whatever. Yeah, it's uh, this is my favorite joke of the movie. Where they're like, oh, it's some famous witch. Who are you wearing tonight? And this like witch in a little slinky black dress walks up with a big python around her. Uh-huh. And the python's like, ah, my name's Greg. <laughs> <laughs> like, get it? Who are you yeah. wearing? It's Greg. Oh, yeah. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. Yeah, that was pretty good. Uh, and then they go back and the little girl's like, oh, my great uncle can't be here. Godfather, whatever. I'm not going to go to the ball. I got this ugly, stupid dress. I don't want to do the black magic. My ball's broken. And, um, yeah, the balls broke and still nobody besides her aunt at this point knows. Um, and her dad's like, oh, it's okay. Just wear your dress. You're going to be so beautiful. This is, you're going to be awesome no matter what, no matter what happens, we love you. And then they go and they make a big entrance. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, the, the mom's parents show up and they're all like, spooked out by all this witch stuff and it's like not really that scary uh it's still broad daylight still broad daylight it's um, like a it's like an after school and, event and this is where we reach the halfway point of the movie yeah this is we're we're about 55 percent into it so far so buckle up um carousel do you remember what happens from here no this is where i started uh just scrubbing uh through the movie i saw bits and pieces I saw what looked like um, they showed and actually filmed and showed, didn't cut any of an entire uh, talent show. Okay, so here's <laughs> what happens, right? So the mom's emceeing it, and there's different events or acts. Um, and the acts include a, um, a hip-hop pop-and-lock dancer. Yeah. A very professional, high-quality-seeming... Um, like breakdance crew. Okay. A group of girls in their late teens, early twenties doing a very elaborate gymnastics floor routine. I saw, I saw that it was like in slow motion. Yeah. Well, here's what they do. So, and then there's also not one, but two troops of Irish dancers, or maybe the same dancers have a costume change. I don't know. Maybe that seems like a wasted piece of budget. If they hired two different ones, I'm sure these are all just local things. That they got to, like, volunteer to be in a movie. Probably so. Uh, and they cut all that together to a very long music video, basically. Very long. They just, they don't, I was like, I, I'd rather just watch all of these individually as YouTube videos than sit here and just watch this really janky montage. Uh, and the montage goes on. It is, it's got to be close to seven minutes, I would say. It's long enough to... Give yourself a little intermission. Uh, but you don't want to because it's the best part of the whole movie. <laughs> so far, this is the height of my enjoyment of the movie was the seven minutes. Uh, and then the uh, the girls ha- um, have to sing a song. So apparently there's different witches there who are going to sing. Previously back in the dress scene, they had told the Malfoy girl that they were going to sing... A, do you remember the name of the song? Your wand in my hand, or something like that. A wand in my you're you're the wand you're in my the hand. wand in my hand, which sounds a lot like this old spiritual like, song, or like uh, you're the wind beneath my wings, yeah, type song. 
yeah. I didn't I didn't actually listen to the song, but I did. One part you you skipped over was uh the uncle cousin who only talked about toilets the whole movie. Oh, oh, we forgot the toilet guy. Yeah. Oh, fast rewind, rewind to the very beginning of the whole movie. The dad's cousin Yurik is in from some undisclosed Eastern European country, and he doesn't know English. He only knows how to say, I put my hand in a toilet. I put yeah. my hand in the toilet. Yeah. Why he knows that, I don't know. Yo tengo un gato en mis pantalones. <laughs> yes. A silly Spanish I know. Yeah. Well, it's that's not that's not true. You know other Spanish. That's the only Spanish I can say with confidence. Um, I did order uh, some Spanish food at a trailer by my house the other day, completely in Spanish. And it went pretty well. Good job. Got Good some job. quesadillas. You got fed. Oh, they were the best quesadillas I've ever had. Uh, anyway, so yeah. So he's in the, but, he, uh, but yeah, apparently he's in town to participate in the in this talent show or yes. whatever this show is. And he does a whole, what would you call that? A rap? It wasn't rap. It was like an EDM. Like a song? It was like an an EDM song and where the beat drop was him saying, I put my hand in the toilet. Yeah, that was also seemed seemed very long. I was scrubbing it very quickly, but... It happens twice. He he sings that song twice in this movie. It seemed like they let him sing the entire song and they filmed it and put it all in the movie. Yes, that song happens twice in the movie. Uh, so yeah, that whole song happens. Um, there's a bunch of middle school kids dancing around with a man oh. in leader hosen singing. I put my hand inside the toilet. Uh, the teacher, you're wanting my hand. Well, hold on, I gotta say this part. The teacher thinks Yurik is hot, and she goes up to the mom and she's like, "Hey, your cousin Yurik is he single?" So you know that teacher. Yeah, she's, likes, she's like teachers are people too. Likes guys who put their hands in toilets. Uh, yeah, so then uh, she. Um, oh yeah, the singing song. All right, so uh, the at the at the dress scene, they tell the Malfoy girl that they are going to sing because apparently a lot of these witches are going to do like party pieces, and they're going to sing a song called "A Wand in My Hand." The, you're the wand in my hand. And then, so the Malfoy girl and her mom, and her mom's just the worst. She's just a real piece of work. Um, <laughs> she gets, they get up there and they sing that song. And it is a very boring, very slow song. It's like, you're the wand in my hand. Um, it's about like that. And they sing the whole song. Yeah, they show the whole song, right? They show the whole song. They see, they show these, and then they're like, "Up next is you know the Velvet Beatrix and her mom, and they have to also sing a wand in my hand." But Beatrix is like, "Don't worry, mom, I got this. You just sing your part." And so the mom starts singing, lovely singing voice, by the way, mm-hmm. much better than the Malfoy mom. And then uh, Beatrix raps. Oh yeah. Beatrix is just like busting out a freestyle rhyme. It's clearly ADR'd by an adult. <laughs> um, that child, like, she's holding the microphone with her fist as big as possible, completely covering her mouth. And uh, that was definitely done in post. Well, you got to do what you got to do. But it's good. It's good. It rocks. 
It, right. go, it goes hard. And you know what? It wasn't unpleasant compared to the trash we just heard the Malfoys <laughs> So Malfoy mom takes Malfoy girl out back to a pretty lovely looking gazebo and gives out to her and yells at her and tells her about how you got to be the best. And we're getting beat by a, a half blood, you know, how a muggle, that is. A, a humie. You're supposed to be perfect. And she's really yelling at her and it's pretty harsh. And you're looking, oh, yikes, right? And then uh, Beatrix saw this and is like, oh, she's crying. Oh, we've got her tears. <laughs> but then she's like, oh, you look like you need a hug. And she gives her a hug. And she's like, oh, we'll be nice. And then they decide right then and there that they're going to be friends forever. And they're like, it's so hard having to compete with you. No, it's so hard having to compete with you. And uh, then she willingly gives her her tears, but it doesn't work. Oh, because she's no longer her enemy? Well, here, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. It, <laughs> just, a little it doesn't matter. Um, it, doesn't, it doesn't work. Okay. I thought they were going to do this thing where, because uh, she points out, like, you know what? You didn't break it. I broke it because I was gloating to you that I won it when you knocked it out of my hand. So I was my fault. And I thought then and there, and I've been kind of suspecting this earlier in the movie, that she was going to end up like giving it to somebody else or giving it to this girl and realizing she doesn't need to be, that she can be fulfilled without being the vowed Victorian, that she can be a whole person and live a good life. But but the other girl also gets one. So she doesn't need it. Yeah. So anyway, I thought, and I thought especially this moment when they decided to be friends and they talked about how hard... They've had it their whole lives competing with each other. Then they decided to be friends now that she was going to say, here, you take it. You be the valedictorian. Take my tears like you do this. And then she would be able to put it together because now she's the true love witch. Oh. Ah, See, wouldn't that be nice? And she learned what true love was. Yeah, that would have been a good twist. Yeah. Not really a twist, but that would have been a good ending. Yeah. I thought that would have been a good, perfect ending, but they didn't do that. No. Um. Then she like goes and says uh, a speech and gives a whole speech about how hard it was to grow up half blood because she was like hard to grow, ride a broom and stuff. And uh, she worked really hard for this, and I super deserve it. (laughs) (laughs) And then, and then she's like, "All right, and you guys can all be cool too." And then the mom's like, "Oh, guess what kind of witch I am? I'm a true love witch." And then the mom puts it together. How did her mom know that? I I don't know. Uh, And then the mom puts it, fixes the ball, and gives it to her. And then um, that's the end of it. Um, oh, and then they do that. I put my hand in the toilet again. Oh my gosh. Um, this is a poorly written movie. <laughs> <laughs> it's a really bad movie. <laughs> <laughs> you can't just say it's a bad movie. You have to provide insights as to why. Show, don't tell. Well, we just went through the whole movie. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> evidence speaks for evidence, itself. man. <laughs> but the ending was so... So, such a letdown. Nothing was learned. No growth happened. The Malfoy girl stopped being mean, I guess. The Malfoy girl was the only girl with the... She learned through uh, her mom's backhand, apparently. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) It was pretty 
uh, unremarkable ending. And the old man did stay in the train station. He never got out. Never got out. No, he's the very last scene is like the guy letting him out. And I forget. But it was, it was, I wasn't really paying attention at that point. Um, yeah, the, the, oh, the wisdom witch wasn't really wise. The kindness witch wasn't really kind. Um, the true love witch just like happened to be her mom. Yeah. I mean, the tr- nothing, the, nothing uh, the, made mom, sense. Nothing her, made sense. Like, who cares about these balls? Her mom. <laughs> everybody cares about the yeah, balls. Yeah, but why? Every single witch has a ball. It'd be like. But didn't she have. When she was giving her speech, she had like a fake ball up there, right? No, she like shows everybody the broken ball. I thought while she was giving her speech, she had like a ball on the. I don't know. She has three quarters of a ball. I wasn't really watching. I wasn't really watching it. She she like pulls it out and shows everybody her broken ball. Yeah. But after her speech. But the fact that the mom becomes the true love witch was just like, hey, you weren't supposed to learn or grow in this movie. This Beatrix was. Yeah. Her mom didn't do anything to deserve being a true love witch other than like being her mom. Her mom wasn't even all that loving. She was really concerned with being. Yeah. She wanted to be friends with the cauldron club lady and that was never yeah she wasn't she wasn't cool at all she wasn't cool yeah but her parents were cool her parents um the magical grandma gave the non-magical grandma and grandpa some mint tea and told them it would make them have a good time and it placebo effect happened and they were dancing and having a good time that's nice and then at the very end it's like daylight again and everybody's leaving still daylight no, no, no. It's, oh, it's morning went, time. Went now. through the whole night. Yeah, the witches partied all night. And you see the teacher leave with Yurik. So that's exciting for them. Yeah. I guess. Um, yeah, it was. Um, there were, the stakes were very low in this movie. A glass ball broke that is basically like a. Like a. It's like one of those trophies you get for being on a YMCA baseball team. Mm. Everybody gets one. None of them are special. They don't no, mean no, they no. don't mean that you're a good baseball player. Some, uh, some state, I forget what state it is. It's like I don't know Wyoming or North Dakota. One of the ones that nobody really cares about um, is passing legislation to ban participation trophies. Ban them? Yeah. It's bad news if you own a trophy shop. Yeah, <laughs> hey, I know a guy who like was super duper high up in a trophy shop. <laughs> Shout out to Chuck. It's like what? How do you ban a participation trophy? <laughs> right? like, how do you tell somebody? That? How do you tell somebody that what they can and can't give trophies out for? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I have a trophy on my desk, where actually it's in home in a box right now for being the most extra that yeah. my son gave me. Well deserved. Yeah. Um. Yeah, well, yeah. The, those same politicians who are trying to get that pushed through are probably the ones that are spouting about uh, freedoms that we we <laughs> have to have our freedoms, <laughs> but not the freedom to give out trophies. No, if you're giving out participation trophies, your freedoms are revoked. Yes, well, everybody for making our kids soft. <laughs> <laughs> Who's going to go to war for us? <laughs> You know, they don't There's give no you particip- a. Part- <laughs> you know what? They do give you participation trophies in the army. You get a ribbon for being 
Yeah. Active. If you're active and you get a different one for being in combat, you get one for you get one for being wounded. Well, that's a, that's not that's that's, that's a, actively participating. Are you saying the purple heart? I'm not saying. I'm saying it is a it is a it is are a. Are you saying the purple heart is a participation trophy? It, it, it proves participation. <laughs> <laughs> Does it not? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not saying it's not deserved. <laughs> it's well deserved, but it proves participation. <laughs> Every time I'm in traffic behind some jacked up F two fifty with a purple heart license plate, I'm gonna think of you for the rest of my oh, life. I appreciate that. It's always an F two fifty. Gotta have that duly. Yeah. Oh, um Chris. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. oh, I know some people would be real mad at you. Right no, I mean that was not. It was not meant to be. Um, I wasn't trying to. You weren't downgrade. saying it, but you were saying it. I wasn't trying to downgrade a Purple Heart. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying. Are we? Do we not think that the kids who uh, who were on the baseball team didn't didn't try real hard? Oh man, they deserve a trophy. I was in a JROTC, so I'm not going to claim to know what I that I know what it's like to be enlisted. Mm-hmm. But I got a pretty good idea, and I got a lot of ribbons for doing very little. For doing nothing, <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. So, <laughs> purple hearts are good. Purple hearts are well deserved. Yes. <laughs> uh, anyway, let's let's get on to the sequel part. Chris Hill, what would you say, what would you do for the sequel to this movie? Let's see. The sequel's got to involve uh, that cafe. Mm, yes, I agree. We're on the same track here. Um, but the dad who's in the witch CIA has to investigate his own sister oh. for misuse of witchcraft from her getting all the bank accounts from all these humies. Oh, this is good. I like where this is going. Um, yeah, but it's a fit in. it's a buddy cop movie because um, her dad and Yurik comes back, but Yurik is like his partner. I uh, put my hand inside the illegal banking accounts. Yes, and he's like Columbo. He acts like he's dumb and doesn't understand English. Not that if you don't understand English, you're dumb, but he acts like he doesn't understand English, but he does. It's a front, and he gets lots of information that way. Um, anyway, the, uh, what, 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 nothing, um, yeah, and, and it, it, you know, it uncovers this whole crime ring that, uh, Aunt Ophelia is the head of. Okay. And it's called Witch's Ball 2. That's what it's called. All right. So I got my witch's ball, a witch's prom. Oh. Now Beatrix is in high school, and this movie is going to chronicle not just the events of one weekend, because this movie that we just watched took place over one weekend. We're going to chronicle a whole year from start to finish, and she's going to have... Hard time finding out that she was a big fish in a little pond, but now she's an average-sized fish in 
a advertised pond. And she's going to be downgraded from a star student to very nice to have in class. And she is going to lose her friends. Her friends are going to join cults, literal cults, because this is with the world of witches. And, um, yeah, I don't know what's going to happen there. Anyway, I don't know. That's just the beginning. That's the end of it. Probably a love triangle. Probably a love triangle. And also her parents get divorced. Oh. And her mom is like, now got bad vibes about all things witches. So now she's like, oh, mom hates witches, but I'm like, can't stop being a witch. And my mom's dating this new guy and she's really into Italy. <laughs> so It's a good twist. Yeah. We find out the mom just takes on the personality of whoever she's with. She starts dating a UFC fighter and gets real into CrossFit. Dang. Uh, her mom's a real piece of work. Yeah. Her mom really needs to find her own personality. Yeah. Hey, I, do, do, go on a little mountain retreat. I agree. Then she'll be really in a mountain climbing. She'll buy those fancy yoga pants. <clears throat> Shop at REI a lot. Oh, I love REI. REI is great. I, I haven't actually ever been to REI, to be honest. <laughs> why, why do you love it? <laughs> I just don't own a Subaru yet. I'll go once I buy my Subaru. Yeah, you do have to have a Subaru to shop there. Yeah. So we'll um, about that. Man, I feel bad about my about uh my my purple heart comments now. <laughs> there's no there's no need to feel bad, Curtis. <laughs> I didn't mean them in a bad way. I know you did. <laughs> I know it's not what you were doing on purpose, but it is what you were doing. <laughs> um we're gonna get canceled. Yeah. No, I am. I am. I just. Excuse me. I just. I want to steal that from my stand-up routine. Okay. Uh, also, I'm going to change my name for my stand-up. What is it going to be? I think I, I'm. Well, I'm open to input. So far, I'm thinking Sean Houston. Why Houston? Well, because people know how to spell it because it's a major city, and my current last name McDonald is hard to spell. There's yeah. Nobody knows how many. Uh, how many N's and L's? And they always say it ends in a D, and it's got an E instead of an O, and they want to spell it like the restaurant. Yeah. What about just Sean Mack? Sounds too cool. I'm not. I'm not living up to Sean Mack. All right. Who? Uh, what? What character do you not want to see in the sequel? Yurik. He's played out. What? Yurik is like one of the three main characters in my sequel. That's true. He's like the star <laughs> of your sequel. Um, I'm going to leave. Uh, Can I recast Yurik for your movie as Philip Seymour Hoffman? Oh, yeah. Philip Seymour Hoffman would be a good Yurik. Yeah. Uh, well, he's no longer living, so it'd be hard to cast him. Well, it's a fantasy to begin with. Yeah. No, I'm going to make it real. I I'm going to call Seymour Hoffman and John call Goodman. Up, I'm going to call up Justin Dyke. We're going to get a budget together. We're gonna start pounding the pavement, raising money. Your budget is eight grand. I'm gonna spend it all on a Cindy Lauper song. <laughs> um, who who do you want on a T-shirt? Well, the mermaid is. Mermaid is definitely my choice. Okay, I'll let you take mermaid, and I'll go with the rat. Yeah, I mean the rat was. The rat was part of the movie. 
<laughs> I want nothing recognizable to this movie on my shirt. What about the leprechaun? Ooh, the pumpkin. The pumpkin. Oh, yeah. I'm pretty sure you could just like download some kind of uh, clip art. <laughs> <laughs> and that would be the pumpkin. They sell that shirt Hobby Lobby already. <clears throat> oh, just an iron-on patch. Yes. <laughs> um, all right. Well, uh, very enjoyable recap of the movie uh, i gotta say the recap was a lot more enjoyable than watching the movie agreed how many how many witches broomsticks do you give this movie how many cicadas so how many cicadas i give it seven out of 100 <laughs> wow. wow okay yeah uh, since we're using uh insects we gotta use a high number so i'm gonna give it um swarm of cicadas well i only watched half the movie so i'm gonna give it half of your score three Three cicadas plus one that I bit in half. <laughs> uh, I I would like to take a moment to say, in case anybody who knows, what was her name? Um, Matilda Locks. Who? The actress who played the aunt. If anybody oh. knows her, that I all of her scenes get one hundred cicadas out of one hundred cicadas. Um, her name is Madeline Leon. Madeline Leon. Yes. Madeline Leon. Every scene with her and just that cafe in general. If I lived in the town where this movie took place, I would frequent that cafe in real life. Cause it did look like a pretty cool cafe. No, it didn't. It looked like a, it was clearly filmed in just like a local cool cafe. It was, it was filmed in a local cafe. I will say that. Well, I, I live in the in, a, in like the second tier suburbs where there are no cafes beyond Starbucks. It looks cooler than a Starbucks. Yeah, I'll, I'll give it that. Okay, I'll give it that. If um, that was, if that cafe was in Rowlett, it would be the coolest cafe in Rowlett. Well, but you better go before the sequel comes out because it's about to get shut down under investigation. Okay, we'll do. All right, Chris, you want to take us out on our famous catchphrase? Yeah, Saturday morning dads. It's part of your complete breakfast i love i love uh, our u.s military and, and how me has a, a uh, purple heart salute those who serve thank you thank you for your service I'll gladly stand up next, next to you and defend her still today never forget no doubt i love this land god bless the usa peace out <laughs>